patriarchy so ingrained into life yeah. that you can think that you've beat it, but you're not because it's still controlling you. And even if you're expressing feminine energy, you're doing it in a masculine way. This is the Alchemized Life Podcast. I'm your host, Ava Johanna, and I am so grateful to have you here joining me for yet another soul expansive conversation. My intention with every episode is to show you through storytelling and in-depth conversations that you, yes, you, are capable of creating anything you desire. Alongside yours truly, you'll hear from thought leaders and industry voices, and together we will teach you how to come alive in your authentic expression and remember the infinite power of your soul. We're covering topics like wealth, worthiness, the pursuit of your passions, and you'll be inspired to break all the rules of living an ordinary life. You were truly put on this planet to have it all. The thriving spiritual practice, the steamy relationship, the income, and the impact. So together, let's align with our divine selves and alchemize your life. What's up, you guys? Welcome back to the Alchemized Life Podcast. You guys know I'm your host, Ava Johanna, and I'm so happy to have you here. I am so excited for this episode, and I know that I say that about all of my guest episodes and all of my solo episodes, let's be real, but it's true. I have the creme de la creme of guests on, and today is no different. George Lisos is joining me, and George is such a amazing human being. I'm so excited for you guys to listen to this conversation. I actually just finished the interview with him and usually I wait until right before the episode comes live to record the intro, but I had to hop on here and do the intro with you guys now because I'm fresh out of the conversation and just so inspired by everything that George shared. So he recently released his book, Lightworkers Gotta Work. Isn't that great? I love that title so much. And what I love about George, his book and this conversation is that he really blends the the divine feminine with the divine masculine and has created a resource for you guys to really move past the fear, to discover your purpose, to not only discover your purpose, but to also start to take actionable steps, inspired action towards bringing your purpose into the world in a big way, how to nurture your light, and then also how to protect your energy And so we talk about all of those things today, and in his book, he goes into even greater detail. There's four parts in the book, and it's really a fabulous book, you guys. And I think that it is so timely that it came out this year because so many of you guys are waking up to the fact that it's time. There is no longer a need or even a a desire to want to wait around anymore that I'm hearing from you guys. It's like, now is the time to step up, to start really taking our desires and the things that light us up seriously and start bringing them into the world because we can't wait around any longer. Like you can't wait around. The world can't wait around. We need your gifts. And George's book is going to support you in being able to really have a, a framework, a resource, kind of like marching orders to be able to start taking big steps. And so I'm really excited for you guys to listen to this episode, for you to read his book. You can follow George at George Lisos. That's L-I-Z-O-S. And again, his book is called Lightworkers Gotta Work. He has a great resource for you guys that I'm going to link in the show notes. Um, if you buy his book, you get a two-hour training with him and the training is phenomenal like truly phenomenal. You can do the training before you get the book. And then after you do the training, you will have a very succinct and mission-driven understanding and clarity around your purpose so that once you go and read the book, you will have a, um, you'll basically be able to work through all four of the parts, having already established what your purpose is. So I'm so excited. Oh my goodness. If you guys haven't already, make sure to subscribe to The Alchemized Life because we've got lots of great guests coming up, lots of great solo episodes to really support you in moving through the remainder of this crazy year and into 2021 and really shining your light and being the beacon of light for so many people in your life. I love this work, you guys. I love it. I love it. I love it. So After you listen to this episode, if you are just feeling so lit up and so inspired, my mastermind is officially here. And you guys, it has been such a long time coming. I'm so, so excited to be sharing this with you and so excited for this container that's going to be starting on December 1st. It is based off of application, so you'll find the application inside of the show notes. But 
I really wanted to share with you before we hop into the episode my intention behind creating this mastermind container because for so many of us as we're building our businesses it can be an isolating journey we can feel like we are lost like we are only following what we see other people doing and yet feel like we're not actually seeing the same success that they are and it can feel almost like we keep bumping up against this ceiling and just are ready to burst on through, or like I say, break on through to the other side. <laughs> and so I really wanted to create a container to support you in busting through the glass ceiling, busting through the glass ceiling and being able to really, really take massive steps in a in an aligned way towards getting your mission out to the world in a big way, building your influence, building your community, building your income, your self-worth, and your impact. And so the Mastermind Membership is a six-month program. And from that point forward, it goes into a month-to-month experience with me and a intimate group of women that are coming together, not only with the intention of building their businesses, but also coming together with the intention of creating a community of support of, of, of love and a place where you feel seen, where you feel heard, where you don't feel guilty or ashamed for wanting the things that you want or for having the goals or for making the amount of money that you desire to make, but actually feel empowered and feel lit up because you are surrounded by individuals that understand that are right there with you and want the greatest for you as well too. And so this is definitely the program that I feel I have been destined to create and maybe it is the program that you are destined to join me in. And if you want more information, you'll find the link in the show notes for the application and for the page that has all the details on what we're going to be going over. It's going to be a combination of the soul and the strategy. We're going to be doing lots of framework trainings as well as a lot of trainings around really stepping into your next level of leadership and what that looks like to how to embody that truly and walk your walk and on just a greater level so that you can truly lead by example and not necessarily have to feel like you're forcing your success or forcing your programs to fill or forcing your content to be seen but instead just flowing with it and allowing yourself to really be drawn towards the greatest expression of yourself as, as a human being, most importantly, but then also in your business, the two get to play together. So anyways, I hope that if this is calling to you, you take some time to check it out and all of the resources for our amazing sponsors, BetterHelp and Blue Blocks are in the show notes for you to check out as well too. We got some great discount codes for you there, but without further ado, let's jump into this week's episode with George. Enjoy yourself, you guys, and I'll see you next week. The book launch went really well, and I'm so grateful for it. Uh, despite what was going on, I think actually the pandemic worked for me because yeah. of the book's message being all about taking action. Now is the right time. Don't hold back. Like find your purpose, follow your life purpose, work the light. Um, I think because of that, it was a good. The, the pandemic was a good publicity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I, I was thinking about this earlier when before we were hopping on, yeah. just how many people are waking up to, okay, well, what I was doing is not work was not working. I wasn't yeah. happy. I had all of this space for myself and now I'm ready to do what actually makes me happy. But yeah. then they don't know what next step to take. And I was like, and that's where George's book comes in. That's where Lightworkers yes. Gotta Work comes in. <laughs> Because they had time to sit down and think and consider, well, you know what, it's time to like start putting my skills into action here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that it's so helpful for people to have a resource like that as well, too, because I think that, and, and I actually heard from somebody, um, one of the listeners of the podcast yesterday, she messaged me and she's like, yeah, you know, there's a lot of spiritual podcasts out there, but one of the things that is so needed is the tangible action of like how to actually implement these spiritual practices, how to actually um, integrate it into your daily life, integrate it into your job, integrate it into your relationships. And I think that your book does such a good job of Thank helping you. people not only just look at it as this like idea or belief, but also as like a, this is a marching order now to actually take what you're learning and bring it into the world. Thank you. I appreciate that because that's actually, I feel what my purpose is, is to like 
blend the, the masculine with the feminine, not just knowing our light and doing their work and doing the breath work, but then receiving all that guidance and then doing something with it. Mm, I think yeah. that this is what spirituality is all about. It's mm -hmm. about knowing your happiness, but then doing something with that happiness to create change. Yeah. Why do you think that so many people stop at just the idea or the, the message itself and not actually taking it into like a physical form? It has to do partly with what we've been through as light workers collectively in our past lives. So I'm going to get a little bit esoteric here. So lifetime after lifetime, we've incarnated as witches, as healers, as shamans, as intuitives, and we've had our skills be suppressed, be judged by a patriarchal world that taught us that it's not okay to follow our intuition. We have to follow certain formulas for success and structure and rigidity. So because we've been hurt so much, for using our intuition and our skills in our past lives, we come into this present lifetime feeling like, well, feminine energy, which is all about connecting with intuition and all that, feminine energy should not be expressed. It's something that in the past got me into trouble. So let's just uh, avoid taking action. So it, it's sort of reverse psychology here. Because our feminine energy got suppressed and we were trained to use just our masculine energy, we right now, are not using our masculine energy because we've been abused by it and solely depend on our feminine energy. Do you see how mm -hmm. it works in a sort of like <laughs> distorted way right here? So yeah. we come into this world afraid of patriarchy and therefore masculine energy that we've associated with and therefore not take action and solely depend on our feminine energy. Mm, yeah, you know, that feels so timely to be kind of sharing about this because I feel like in our world right now and especially when it comes to the um, ideas and the beliefs that we hold if it is different from what is the mainstream it is rejected and you are looked at differently and so this comes so perfectly into like what's even happening in our world right now where if anyone has a different idea yeah they are completely rejected there's cancel culture and all of these things are just like bubbling up to the surface right now and i can see that perfectly with the duality of the masculine and the feminine energy where it's where we have these closeted closeted feminine um energies and and intuition and creativity that doesn't feel safe to yes. actually be brought into physical form yes and it's, I like that you use the word safe. And this is something that I talk about in Lightworkers Gotta Work. Many people are afraid to create change in their lives and follow their life purpose because their ego comes in and sabotages. Because you hear all these like life coaches say, oh, take massive change towards your life purpose. But if you take massive change, you're gonna shock your ego. Your ego will be like, no, you're not taking any change. I'm gonna jump in and sabotage the hell out of you. <laughs> but instead, what I talk about in the book is take small action steps towards your life purpose on a daily basis to train your ego into accepting change. Because in spirituality, we are taught to bash on the ego, but all the ego wants is to protect us, to keep us safe by retaining our sameness. But that's why our soul has to come in and correct the ego, but we need both. So the ego is here, it's our personality, it's who we are, it's what uh, ensures that we are safe and protected in the world. But when we start taking action towards our life purpose and therefore listening to our soul's calling and following our guidance and take small action steps that create small changes into our lives, then the ego feels more safe with taking more steps because they're calculated steps, because they're expected steps, because it sees that the change hasn't completely changed the status quo of who we are and therefore feels more okay with, change, with taking the change and then progressively gets more and more comfortable until we are at a place where we can take massive change and having the ego take that and be okay with that. So mm -hmm. when I was first starting out, I was taking a single action step every single day. And that's my number one advice in the book, take a single step of action every single day. Now I take way more and I'm sure you do as well because we've yeah. trained our ego to expect that change is good. It's not gonna completely disorganize our life. It's not, gonna, it's not gonna completely destroy our world. It's just gonna be good because we've created this expectation that by taking change, you get positive results, the ego is happy and all is well.
Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's a really good point for everyone listening, you know, because, and I talk about this in my Academy of Breath certification program, and we look at it on a neurological level, the more that you do it, the more that that gets hardwired into your brain. And so this isn't just some like esoteric um, idea, like this is actually happening on a neurological level in our brain that we are becoming more accustomed to and feeling more comfortable with the act of making change in your life. And now I feel like I crave that change. I crave being uh, like pressing up against the edges of my comfort zone because it's fun and it's new and it doesn't feel dull or boring. But I know that for a while I was in a position where it felt way more comfortable to just go with the status quo, to follow what everyone else was doing and what I thought I should be doing. But at the same time, and I would love to hear your experience with this as well too, at the same time, I could feel this like crawling inside of me, which I definitely think is my soul that was like, "Uh uh-uh, no, no, no. And it was the intuition saying like, this isn't working, this isn't working. And at a certain point I was just like, okay, I have to listen to this voice. I have to. Yes, that crawling, that's something we have from the point we're born into this world. We have that crawling and we have a better awareness of it at a young age. That's why in Lightworkers Gotta Work, the first part is all about getting clear on our life purpose before we work it and before we nurture our light, which is step, sorry, part one is finding our purpose. Part two is nurturing our light and therefore receiving guidance about our purpose. Part three is about working our light by practicing manifestation processes. And then part four is all about protecting our light through energy protection techniques. But part one is all about that crawling that soul calling within our heart, within our soul, that guides us from the day we're born into following and taking action steps and being with people and being involved in activities that are all in in alignment with our life purpose. Mm -hmm. So we are born with this knowing. We are born as extensions of source energy, knowing what our life purpose is, knowing our happiness and following our bliss and doing stuff that are in alignment with our life purpose. As we grow up, and we go to school and college and we get indoctrinated into this world of stereotypes, of rules, of rigidity, of specific formulas of success, we inevitably disconnect from our intuition, we disconnect from our soul, and therefore we lose that crawling. We lose that voice that's constantly communicating with us and guiding us towards following our life purpose. So the process I guide people through the book is going back and investigating and exploring their childhood as well as other steps as well to identify all those pockets of happiness and correlate them to activities, to people, to circumstances that when you put them all together will lead you to knowing exactly what your life purpose is. So it's not about finding our life purpose, really. It's about remembering our life purpose because, and, and, and and a point I make in the book is, we already all are following our life purpose. We're just not aware of it. Yeah. Because whenever we take action and whenever we do something that makes us happy, and by happiness, I don't mean pleasure. I don't mean having a chocolate and feeling that pleasure of having the chocolate. I mean true happiness, something that's in it, something that's already within us. Whenever we do something that truly lights us up, we are following our life purpose right then and there. What would you say for somebody who is in a position where they struggle to remember, struggle to remember what brought them joy when they were a child, struggle to understand and have awareness around what actually lights them up right now? I find that, especially at the beginning of my journey, you know, for me, I don't know the last time we talked, if I shared this with you, but for me, I was a big partier, you know, I liked doing drugs, I liked drinking and nothing like too, too crazy, but definitely to the point of numbing. And so I didn't really have any type of compass or connection with one, my past and like my childhood, there's still so many, and I know that it's also trauma as well too, like blackouts from my childhood. Um, But then also not even an awareness of like what lights me up truly because I had just taken so many so many things to just like drown out the actual feeling and to mask it that I lost all connection and I think that a lot of people I mean especially right now when when alcoholism and depression and everything is on the rise especially in the United States because of the pandemic how do we reestablish that connection again 
Thank you for asking this question because this is so common and that's why I included a part in the book addressing this because sometimes I ask people what was the happiest time of your life and they cannot remember because they cannot remember the last time they felt happy. And I like to guide people through a simple exercise, dividing their lifetime into time periods. So we have a childhood, we have the teenage years, we have the early adulthood and then late adulthood. And then I ask people, okay, out of all these four different life life time periods, which one was your happiest? Some people may say their teenage years, usually their childhood. Okay, can you identify any happy moment in the childhood? If they say no, because some people can still say, no, I don't. Okay, can you identify the, the, the least miserable moment? So mm -hmm. these, because we all have happy moments, we just don't remember them because they may be overshadowed by all the traumas we've had in our lives. But by identifying even something that's bleakly happy or joyful or positive, then we start directing our consciousness towards that. We activate the law of attraction by focusing on something that's slightly positive mm -hmm. that by the law of attraction keeps growing in momentum. And then we start remembering, oh, how about that moment? Oh, how about that memory? And then all of a sudden we keep awakening that happiness muscle of ours that was always there, but had been like sleeping because we've been exercising our, our drama mode, our drama muscle. We've been exercising all our disheartenedness essentially. Yeah. So mm -hmm. by doing that, we start awakening our happiness and our happy memories are coming up into the surface and then we can start connecting them and uh, they lead us to our life purpose. Or if that doesn't work either, then start right now. What's a happy action step that you can take today or tomorrow? If you could take an action step that would make you feel happy, what would that be? Mm -hmm. I love that so much. Thank you for sharing that. I think that it's super helpful because, and I love that you said like that drama mode too, because I can put myself in my body 10 years ago and be like, oh no, I was massive drama everywhere I looked. It was drama, drama, drama. Like there was no way that I was even going to admit that something made me happy because yeah. I was so addicted to the drama. I was addicted to the chemical response of being in chaos and it wasn't healthy, but it is an addiction cycle. Like I think people it forget is. that there, there are literally emotion, emotions and, and chemicals, chemical responses to, the, to these emotions that we get caught up in. I was reading about this today in a book that I love called The Body Keeps the Score, which Ooh. is all about how our body registers trauma. And basically what the book concluded to was that we, drama is addictive in the sense that when we experience drama, it releases like emotion, like chemicals within our bodies that eventually our body gets used to and craves more of them. So we keep craving more and more drama and we're in this cycle of of negativity. So when we are, and it's like any other addiction. So how do you break any other addiction? You just have to detox from it and mm -hmm. then reset and then start all over again. It's the same thing with happiness. It's the same thing with following our life purpose. It's about yeah. breaking out of it. The easiest way to break out of a negative cycle is to start a positive cycle, mm -hmm. to start building a positive cycle. So if we have the negative cycle of addiction and drama going on and on and on and on, the easiest way would not be to slow that down, would be to start practicing something positive and therefore start building a positive cycle. you guys we're taking a quick pause from this week's episode with george i hope that you are absolutely loving it and enjoying it i'm sitting in my new office staring out at the ocean looking around and just loving up on the entire setup that i have you guys know i'm wearing my blue blocks and these have been the biggest game changer for me as far as working from home being on my computer let's be honest being on my phone and not impacting my stress levels my sleep or my hormones and so if you haven't really heard about blue light before which i imagine most of you have but let's dive a little bit deeper into it today blue light harms not only through our eyes but through our skin and it 
essentially acts as a trigger for our brain to believe that it is solar noon, so noon at all times, which completely messes up our circadian rhythm, which messes up our hormones, messes up our sleep patterns. We start getting more stressed out, more inflamed in the body. Lots of bad things happen when we think it's noon all the time. And so that's why blue light blocking glasses are so important to have for those of you that are on your phones, on your computers. And in fact, blue light is emitted through even our refrigerator or the lights above us overhead. So we are constantly being inundated by blue light, and it's important that we're protecting ourselves. That's why I love Blue Blocks. They're one of the only companies that actually follow the academic peer-reviewed research around blue light and blue light blocking lenses. And so if you want a pair of glasses that are really actually going to work, Blue Box is where they are at. They also have different products on their website, like red light bulbs that you plug in at night to support you in starting to wind down. Again, if we think it's circadian, our circadian rhythm thinks it's noon at all times, then we're going to have messed up sleep patterns. So the red block, the red glasses, the red lenses are really meant to support you in winding down at night. Andy Mant, the founder, has come on the podcast before. He is such a wealth of knowledge. So if you haven't listened to that episode before, definitely go back and listen to it. He is absolutely incredible. And if you haven't already purchased a pair of blue blocks, you're going to get 15% off because you listened to this podcast. All you have to do is go to blueblocks.com forward slash alchemized for that 15% off. You can also go to the link in the show notes, but that's blueblocks, B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com forward slash alchemized. And while we're on the topic of health, let's talk about better help. You guys know I am kind of reliant on my therapist because she has been so supportive in navigating so much of the highs and lows of 2020 and what I may call a dumpster fire. Um, this year has been crazy, you guys, and whether it's been smooth sailing the entire time or there's been lots of bumpy roads that you've had to travel on, it's so helpful to have someone to talk to that is really an unbiased approach to just supporting you through everything that you're navigating. The thing that I love about BetterHelp is that there are so many different ways that you can talk to your therapist and they're all licensed professional therapists and you get matched based on your needs. So that the thing that's cool about that is that you might not have a therapist in your area based off of what you need. So you are able to really work with somebody based off of what it is that you need and where you need support. And you can talk to them via text. You can talk to them on the phone. You can do a video chat. There are so many ways it is endless. And the cool thing about BetterHelp is that it is more affordable than traditional offline counseling. So if you guys have not yet checked out BetterHelp, all you have to do is go to BetterHelp, that's H-E-L-P.com forward slash alchemized, and you'll get 10% off of your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp.com forward slash alchemized. Let's jump back into this episode with George. Yeah, you know, I remember when I like first began in in this whole spiritual journey, I just heard about the crowd out technique and crowding out the bad with good. And so rather than ridding yourself of all of these bad things, which can be a shock to our nervous system and a shock to our ego, instead just starting to pull those things in, like you said, that are better for us, that are good until we are overwhelmed with more good than the bad until that becomes the new normal and what used to be, whether it be old beliefs or old habits, old patterns, um, even old, old people in our lives that maybe were addicted to this cycle as well too and feeding off of each other until that stuff becomes unfamiliar. So I think that it's such a easy way to not shock yourself into a complete 180 with your life, but actually ease your way in and very similar to what you were sharing at the beginning of this conversation, um, taking, taking one step at a time versus trying to like jump fully into a whole new lifestyle. Yes. And actually, uh, I want to jump into um, something that I talk about in part four of Lightworkers Gotta Work, which is all about energy protection. And I talk about cord cutting because some people if it's hard for people to start practicing something positive, like right from the get-go, even though that's, we know that's more important, they can go the energetic way about it. They can go the way of cutting the energetic cords that we have to toxic people and substances and situations and beliefs because every single toxic person or belief or object that we have an addiction or a relationship with, we have an energetic core that extends literally from our uh, 
uh, energy body, which is part of our physical body that connects us to it. And when it comes to limiting beliefs and limiting habits, there are collective thought forms of energy that are just like vibrational clouds lingering around in the world. And as mm -hmm. soon as we get into a negative habit and we, we extend an energetic cord of attachment, hooking us to that collective frequency of that essence of that attachment, and it feeds us with an endless supply of impulses, emotions, thoughts, and beliefs that prevents us from moving forward. So this is something I do in my psychic clearing sessions. I, I tune into people's energy, identify those cords, and then by cutting them, it's so much easier to let go of an addiction, to let go of drama, to let go of anything and be able to move forward. So in the book, I guide people through my cord cutting process, essentially, to identifying those cords, cutting them. Why is this important when it comes to following our life purpose and working our light? Because unless our energy is authentic and it matches who we are and what our life purpose is, then we're allowing other people to think through us, to feel through us, and to behave through us because mm -hmm. we are cluttered with other people's energy. So it's so important, I believe, for all light workers, especially now when uh, time and spatial boundaries have collapsed essentially and we're able to interact with so many people around the world, yeah. online and offline, it's so important to be aware of our energetic hygiene and take action steps on a daily basis to keep our energy clean so that we can listen to our soul's calling so that we can mm -hmm. take action that's aligned to our life purpose and to not uh, and not other people's life purpose. Yeah, I think that that's such an important point that for me, I was like running in circles when I was living in LA because I was so tapped into the collective energy of LA. And while there are so many amazing people in that city, there's also a lot of smoke and mirrors. There's also a lot of negativity. There's a lot of not great energy there as well too. And so it's easy to get pulled into and drawn into that energy. And I remember having a conversation with one of my girlfriends who is clairvoyant and a psychic. And she was telling me that I had so much of other people's energy inside of me, around me, um, influencing me that I was unable to make decisions for myself anymore. And I think that it's so, like you said, like we are completely engulfed in other people's energy from all over the world. The moment that you log onto your phone and you're on Instagram, you are instantly in, into someone else's energy. You look at their Instagram stories, you're taking and absorbing their energy and you have no idea what energy they're in when they recorded that or when they shared that. And I think it's really important that we learn to get so clear on how our body feels and responds when we tap into that energy because we can mindlessly go off of the app and be like, okay, well now I feel anxious or now I feel stressed. Yes. And it may not even be our anxiety or our stress. Yes. And that's the, that's the idea of the emotional contagion. And that I actually was reading an article about a scientific article about how the pandemic has created an emotional contagion around fear uh, as to how we perceive uh, ourselves, how we perceive diseases, how we perceive uh, scary stuff around the world. Essentially, what the study concluded to was that indeed, when we expose ourselves to other people's energy online, we can take on that energy and it can change the way we perceive ourselves, our world, and it can also change our own values. Mm -hmm. So psychic attack is real, <laughs> both online and offline. And the sooner we begin to be aware of how our energy is and we take the action steps needed to clean our energy and ensure we're energetically authentic, the more powerfully will be following our life purpose and creating change in the world because that's what we're here to do as light workers. Our collective purpose as light workers is to help in the ascension of the planet, is to help make the world a kinder, better place. That's why it's so important for us to use all those tools to keep our energy clean and take action towards that. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was actually reading A Return to Love yesterday. And um, one of the quotes in the book is the news doesn't, I, I'm going to paraphrase, but the news doesn't have to be a reflection of all the bad things in the world. It can be a reflection of all the good that can come or that's that yes. we can create in the world. And what a, what a gift it is to use our own activity in the to play a part in the unfolding of heaven on earth. 
and to oh look my at God. what we're doing as 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 service to the unfolding of love and returning back to love what's going around in the world is just research. And although I don't watch the news, what I like to do is I watch a lot of TV series like that has always been my research. Yeah. <laughs> Observe, because what are TV series and movies? They're a reflection, an amplified reflection of what's going on in the world, of all the issues, mm -hmm. of all the traumas that people are, are, are facing. So by using that in a constructive way, we can fuel our own life purpose to taking action, which is exactly what uh, you just said. Yeah, yeah, I love that. That's such a great point because I don't watch the news either, but I, lo I love my TV shows. Um, I wanted to switch gears a little bit, though, because I think that this will be really helpful for everyone listening. Um, so when you decided to write Lightworkers Gotta Work and started on this journey, what was the, what was the, the catalyst to mm. deciding to actually write this book? And knowing, you know, obviously you didn't write it in July, you didn't write it in March, it, this was taking place before the pandemic yeah. even hit. What was that experience like? Because you are so tuned in. And I think that it is, uh, it'll be cool for people to hear this because I think that there are sometimes when ideas come up that don't necessarily make sense, or we do feel lit up, but we're like, wait a second, I don't know if this is even possible. And so I'd love to just hear what that catalyst was for you at the beginning of your journey of creating this book. So it's a, very, it's a very interesting story. It all started when I woke up one morning. I was in London working a full-time job while building my spiritual business part-time. And as it is usually when you're like creating a new business on the side, I worked a full-time job like nine to five, coming home, and then working from 7 p.m. until midnight every single day. And then all the weekends were dedicated to my business. Essentially for three years while I did that, I had no life. It was just work, 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 I had no social life, no love life. My health deteriorated. I had gained 15 kilos. I developed a serious case of eczema and psoriasis. And looking back right now, I can say that I was mildly depressed as well. And then I woke up one morning intending to go to work, but just my body would not move. My body had given up on me. I was so fatigued. I was so exhausted that my body refused to function. And that's when I realized, oh my God, I have been killing myself day after day. I have been allowing patriarchy for the past three years to kick me into thinking I beat patriarchy because by that time I had written my first book, Be the Guru, which was all about my journey of not committing suicide because I was gay and therefore suppressing my feminine energy and getting myself to accept that and being able to thrive and develop a spiritual practice and a spiritual business. So I thought, bit patriarchy, I'm using masculine energy in a healthy way, I'm gonna embrace the divine feminine, I'm gay and proud, all is well. And there, there I was, allowing masculine energy again to kill me in a very subversive way mm -hmm. by using my spiritual practice as a way to do that by using my spiritual business as a way to do that because all I did was abuse masculine energy and ignored my body who was craving feminine time, who was craving rest. And I was like, oh my God, it's so patriarchy, so ingrained into life yeah. that you can think that you've beat it, but you're not because it's still controlling you. And even if you're expressing feminine energy, you're doing it in a masculine way. So that's when I realized, something has to change. So I did what I always do and what I always did when I was faced with a life issue. I went to a magical city in the UK called Glastonbury, which is like a real life Hogwarts, <laughs> like <laughs> literally, like people sell fairy dust and they do fairy services. Like it's a magical place. That sounds amazing. So I, went, <laughs> yeah. so I went there, I did a past life regression. In that regression, now I did the regression because every single past life regression I would do for, for a year, I would see myself as a prostitute. And I'm like, what's going on with all the prostitute past lives? There must be something for me to explore there. Now, I'm a past life therapist, but I wanted someone objective to guide me through because I couldn't figure it out myself. So I did a regression and I found myself in my first lifetime as a prostitute, where essentially I was pregnant with one of my client's babies. And when he found out, he stopped me in the womb, killing the baby. 
And from that moment onwards, I made a karmic contract, a karmic vow to suppress my feminine energy moving forward and abuse my masculine energy because that's what I experienced. So that was a past life trauma. And lifetime after lifetime, I kept suppressing my feminine energy and abusing my masculine energy. In this lifetime, I did that by almost taking my life because I had too much feminine energy being gay. And then later on, I was still doing it in a, in a more subversive way. Yeah. So I rush out of the past life regression. I'm like, oh my God, I, oh my goddess, I need to learn how to embrace the goddess. I need how to le learn to embrace feminine energy. Right across the past life regression place was the goddess temple of Glastonbury. So I just, like a crazy person, rush into the temple. I'm like, I need to embrace the divine feminine. Can I become a priest to the goddess? So the priestess there very kindly explained to me how they work with all the Celtic goddesses, etc. And although I have so much respect for the Celtic paganism, uh, paganism and Celtic goddesses and religion, I'm Greek. So I'm like, hmm, I wonder whether I can find the equivalent of that in the Greek paganistic religion. So on that same day, I went back to my hotel, logged online, and there was the first ever priesthood training program of the Greek polytheistic religion happening in Athens. And that was my sign. So I booked my tickets on that same night to go to Athens two months later to become a priest to Greek paganism. And I was expecting your usual new age crowd of like honoring the goddess, wearing flower crowns and all that, which I love by the way. Uh, but I soon realized they had a different perspective. You see, according to the ancient Greeks, there has to be balance between the masculine and the feminine. On their altars, there has to be a male god and a female goddesses. And at the same time, each male god was the, at the same time female and each female goddess was at the same time male. Aphrodite was also Aphroditus, which is mm -hmm. how hermaph hermaphrodite comes from as well. So there was this balance that I was not used to in the new age community because it's all about the divine feminine is rising, the future is female, goddess, 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 goddess. I'm like, hmm. And that's when I heard, I remembered something I had heard in Glastonbury, but didn't make sense. And that was, George, you're supposed to find the feminine from within the masculine. And I didn't know what that meant. And that's when it made sense when I did that priesthood training program. And I realized it's not feminine and masculine. It's not binary. There are two sides of the same coin. You mm -hmm. cannot express feminine without expressing masculine. Otherwise, you're abusing feminine. And you cannot express masculine energy without expre expressing the feminine because then you're abusing the masculine energy. So that had to be balanced and not just in an energetic way, in a practical, real-life way on a day-to-day -day basis. And mm -hmm. that's how Lightworkers Gotta, Gotta Work was born. That's when I realized, hmm, I wonder if I can create a book guiding people and myself to not just know my light and therefore express, know my feminine energy and therefore express, uh, help uplift the divine feminine and, and honor the goddess, but then do something with that. But then use that inner guidance, that knowledge to take action and therefore not abusing feminine energy, but using it to take inspired action step. Keyword inspired, because when we're, when we're taking inspired action step towards a life purpose, instead of just hustling, or instead of just, oh, I'm just meditating, I'm raising my vibration, and by raising my vibration, I'm changing the world. Instead of doing that, which are both an abuse of masculine or feminine energy, by taking inspired action, you're combining both. Mm -hmm. So long story, but essentially that's how I got the spark of creating this very practical manual of getting clear on a life purpose, nurturing our divine feminine and, and, and light, and then working our light and therefore embracing the divine masculine at the same time. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I just think that your story is so incredible. And I remember the first time that you told me it, I was just like completely taken away by just the journey that you went on. And again, kind of just following those hits of inspiration. Like it's not every day that you just book a flight to Athens. <laughs> and I know that you're Greek, but it's not every day that you're just like, all right, I'm doing it and I'm going. And I can recall several times in my life where I've just had that, that draw or that pull to just do something. And I think that sometimes the fear can get in the way or the, 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 oh, maybe I should do this or maybe I shouldn't act on this impulse but 
going back to what we were talking about earlier in the conversation, the more that you just do it, it becomes this, this, this gratifying experience and that you become more comfortable with it. I'm curious, cause I know that you, you just mentioned um, that this was not only a manual and a, a resource for your readers and for your community, but also for yourself. So what was the experience like of actually writing the book and going through this process? I had to walk my talk. So as soon as I got out of the past life regression, something else that happened um, was I got this inspiration, quit your job, move to Cyprus, go self-employed. Because I knew these were the action steps I had to take to have more feminine energy in my life and at the same time find this balance. So I wrote this book in, in a balanced way, essentially, by not putting a hard deadline on myself and saying, you know what, I have a month, I'm gonna lock myself in a room and I'm gonna write, 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 write. I'm just gonna write a little bit every single day, take one action step every single day towards writing that book, however long it takes for me to write it. Because when we try to put rigidity and structure onto our creativity, then we just smother it. We just prevent it from expressing itself because feminine energy and creativity by nature is unstructured. Mm -hmm. It cannot be contained. So when we, when we try to put boundaries to it, like too many boundaries, you can put a framework, but if we try to force it to be creative and just sit there, light up candles and put on uh, essential oils and be like, okay, I'm gonna be creative right now. No, that's not how it works. Yeah. <laughs> so my plan was every single day, I will do my spiritual practice, nurture my feminine energy that way. And then if I feel inspired, I will write a little bit every single day. So essentially I wrote one page, two pages, one paragraph, depending on how I felt every single day. And then mm -hmm. in uh, about six months, I had the book ready. Wow. So I want to ask you about that because someone actually messaged me the other day and said, well, what if I'm not feeling creative? I feel like I just need to wait for creativity. And, um, I think that that can become a uh, excuse in a lot of ways yes. where, uh, well, I'm not feeling creative. I'm just waiting for my creativity to hit. And I hear that a lot with creatives. And I know that I'm guilty of that as well, too, in the past where, uh, well, I'm not feeling creative. So, you know, I can't really do anything right now. So how do you suggest somebody you know, kind of have the agency and accountability with themselves or even a practice to support them in, in getting into a creative state so that they're not just waiting around for inspiration to hit. I have two approaches. One is more masculine. The other is more feminine. Now, let me start with the masculine approach. Um, it has to do with testing and testing your creativity, essentially finding out what gets your juices flowing. So if you know that when you do your spiritual practice in the morning and your breath work and you meditate and you light up candles, you're likely to get creative, then it's your responsibility to do this on a daily basis mm -hmm. to get yourself into this state. I believe that creativity can't be nurtured, not forced, but yeah. nurtured. Therefore, setting certain practices that you know are likely to get you more creative. And if it shows up, it showed up and then you act on it. If it doesn't, tomorrow. Let's try again later. So that's my masculine approach, finding out what works for you and doing it. To me, it's a three hour uh, morning practice of like going to the gym then meditating, lighting up my candles, doing my ritual work, putting on essential oils, doing my affirmations, doing some tapping exercises. And then I'm like, I'm ready to flow right now. Like I'm in the yeah. zone, <laughs> yeah. whatever it takes for each person. My more feminine approach is you will likely get creative at least once every single day. You mm. don't know when it's gonna hit, but we'll, we'll, at least a few times. But even if we're not being particularly creative on a single day, there will at least be one day when creativity hits. Mm -hmm. Then it's your responsibility, wherever you are, to make the time to honor that creativity and yeah. get down to work. It mm. could be when you're in the shower and you have an idea as soon as you get out of the shower, just go onto your computer and start writing. So yeah. it, it, it's more unstructured, but it works for many people. So why not um, approach it that way too? Yeah, yeah. I think that the key word that you said with both of those though is responsibility. You know, it's, and this is, I think, 
where if our schedules are too busy, if we are completely stacking ourselves up with things to do and places to be and just not giving ourselves even that space, then it's easier for the excuse of like, oh, I'm in the shower and I have this great idea, but I don't have time to write it down afterwards. I have to get ready and leave the house to go on a dinner date or something like that. That's where it ends up being problematic because yes. we haven't given ourselves the space to actually um, take what hits in whatever moment and, and, and bring it into form, you know? Yes. And there's a book that really changed my perspective on getting things done. And it's called eat the frog fat first. So essentially the frog is what's going to drive your purpose forward. It's not, it's what's going to drive your business forward. It's likely something that you have resistance towards as well, which for many people is writing a book or starting a podcast or writing a blog post or, or writing an article or filming a YouTube video. It's that thing that you know you will enjoy when it's ready, but you have so much resistance, resistance starting to do. That's your frog. So the whole idea of the book is eat the frog first thing in the morning. So the first task has to be what's going to move your purpose forward. Feel the resistance, acknowledge the resistance, push through it and do it. And then it's going to be over with, and then you'll be able to move forward. And I've been doing this consistently day after day. There are every single day, I, like I'm writing my, my third book right now. And every single day when I, I sit in front of my computer to write, I have so much resistance still. Like my whole being screams, don't write it, don't write it. <laughs> like go have an ice cream, <laughs> go watch another TV, TV show. But I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm going to eat the frog first. I'm going to write this. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I think that, and again, it just comes back to, it turns into a muscle where it's like, okay, now I know to do this. Now I know that if I do my morning practice, if I do walk down to the beach and do my breathwork practice and then meditation and journal for a little bit, not only am I propelling my purpose forward, but I also feel better too. It's like these practices, your practice in the morning, going to the gym and tapping and meditating and doing all of your things and your affirmations, it also makes you feel better. And so yes. I think that we have to remind ourselves that this isn't just for getting into a creative state. It's not just for building a business or whatever yes. it might be. This is also for the like ultimate revival and expansion of our soul and, and yes. our mind and our body, you know, it's, it's everything. And here's the thing. Happiness is also addictive. That's the best thing about it because mm -hmm. drama, yes, is addictive, but happiness is as well. So when we do our spiritual practice, we get hooked on feeling good and we want more of it and we crave it. And that's what propels us to move forward into uplifting our well-being, being, feeling more fulfilled, living more fulfilled lives in general, and finding balance, and ultimately following our life purpose. Yes, I love it. I love it. Well, it has been so much fun to catch up with you, George, and congratulations on your new book. Can you share with everyone where we can find it, how we can follow you, and just all of the places where you're at online? Yes, of course. Thank you so much for having me. I love chatting to you as always. So if everybody goes to georgelizos.com forward slash lightwork, you can, um, you can get the book from there. And then you can also enter your receipt number and that will give you access to a two hour online workshop with me where I guide you through my step-by-step -step process of finding and defining your life purpose in a specific one to two paragraph definition. So by the time you have your book, you'll already gone through the course, you'll know what your life purpose is, and then you'll be able to start working on it. And of course, I would love to hear all about your life purpose journey by following me on Instagram, DMing me, letting me all about it. Uh, I'm on Instagram at George Lizos. Awesome, George, thank you so much for coming on The Alchemized Life. Thank you so much for having me.